Hello, and welcome to the Player to Prospect podcast. The following episode features a conversation with Jeff Palumbo, the associate head coach and recruiting coordinator at East Carolina University. To support the podcast, all follows, ratings, and reviews are appreciated. And now I present to you Jeff Palumbo. I kind of just want to ask how the team looks right now today. I just want to know what's going on. It's January 30th um, with your guys' program, where you guys are at right now. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, I, certainly uh, practices opened up right on this past Friday, which is always an exciting day to kind of mm. officially get things going as a group. And, um, you know, right right now, you know, it's I'm sure unique to every different school, every different program. But we're we're uh, th- this year's club for us. I've been telling, you know, everybody here kind of around town. We had our media day last Monday and, you know, I think we had 26 different different uh media groups here and and from different places but um but just telling them th- this year's group's really mature you know what we had our first set of inner squads this this weekend and you know I'm just really excited about and our coaches about just how this group is showing up every day going about their business going about their uh approach to what w- what they're doing and um you know we've had this is a year year 9 for us and I would compare it to our 2018 team I thought we had a tough mm. year in 17 uh, and the group came back and uh, just very motivated the group of veterans that were returning. And then we had a a ton of new guys. We had a kind of a three-year core of guys that played for us for our first three years and mm. um, had some really nice years. And, and um, you know, and those guys kind of were graduating as a group. And, uh, you know, so we had a bunch of new guys. I, mean, I think we had 17, 18 new guys that year. And Nobody wow. here in town thought we, you know, we're, we're gonna we're gonna kind of do uh, some of the things we had done previously. But uh, you could just tell the way the group worked, you, you know, kind of the, the the way they were hungry to uh, to get after it and um, translated into us hosting our first regional, you know, here under Coach Godwin. And um, th- this year's group has a very similar feel. Who knows what the results are going to be? But as a coach, right, you like the fact that they. Uh, um, are showing up working and, and going about things the right way to quite honestly deserve success, you know? And so mm. they're doing it in a very mature way. And, and um, you know, it's, it's made it as a staff for us, as we told them the other day, we can just come, come coach baseball every day, you know, and that's really, you yeah. know, as, as um, for those that don't know, right. People ask me all the time. So what do you do as a college baseball coach? And I said, well, Actually, I coach very little baseball, believe it or believe it or not, you know, between recruiting and administrative things and, you know, you know, coaching baseball is about 20 percent of what we actually do, unfortunately. But, um, you know, but but this year's group, we've been able to just show up, man, and, and, and get after it with them. So it's been a really fun group, but we're going through our inner squads, you know, we're, you know, Monday, Monday morning, right? We're getting getting, uh, you know, finished up with our, our third inner squad of the weekend yesterday and guys, uh, you know, guys got a day off today and. You know, just for us, it's it's kind of time to process everything that transpired this this weekend, and um, you know, make sure we're getting the guys ready. So, spent a lot of time this morning just getting my areas, you know, kind of deep infield defense, team defense, short game, base running. So, spend a lot of time looking at some film this morning and helping some guys, you know, just get better. You know, and that's that's uh, kind of how we're going about it right now. But overall, just very excited about this. You know this group and and uh, where we are we are at right now. So pretty healthy and uh, guys are getting after doing a nice job. You touched on a lot of good points. I want to start with the difference between coaching like a young team and then an older team. Is it safe to say last year's team was was younger and this is now kind of the, you know, the matured version? It's it's kind of a kind of a mix, right? And and I think okay. in recruiting, right, that that's kind of what you're 
ideally going for, right? Is that you look up yeah. and, and you're not like super old this particular year. It can be great. Yeah, I mean, you know, when you're talking about a program, right? So I, I as a recruiting coordinator, I think of it, you know, maybe, maybe a little longer term, right? Sometimes, mm. you know, I think everybody has different perspectives, right? But you got to kind of focus on the team. And they got to mm-hmm. kind of focus on the future of the team, right? You know, and and so you know we really want to be pretty well balanced and and in, uh, in, in trying to look up. So we lost some very very key pieces from last year's ball club, um, mm-hmm. yet we return a really nice core of you know an older group, right? So Lane Hoover uh, out will play left field for us, you know, and and he's just been a staple, man. Little little feels like he's been here forever um, mm. for for everybody. And and shoot, I'm sure you faced him at some point. So oh yeah, um, but yeah, but but he'll be back, right? He's in a fit, his fifth year, and um, yeah, guys like Carter Spivey, right? He's gonna you know uh, AAC pitcher of the year, you know preseason pitcher of the year, pitcher of the year last year. You know he's in his fifth year. He's he's back. Eric Sailor, one of our go to arms, mm. you know out, out of the bullpen and starting our weekend rotation last year. He's he's back. In, in, in a fifth year so Josh Moylan you know will be at first base will be a three-year starter Alec Makarevich is in his fourth year you know been you know play, playing a good amount as a freshman and, and starting since so we got a, a really really core group of of uh, veterans that are back and then we're going to have some some new guys sprinkled in there as well so it's a mm. nice mix and I, I think because you have some very proven older veteran, just tremendous people and leaders, um, you know, in the Hoovers and the Spiveys that just have so much experience, um, you know, they, they're passing that down, man. They do a great job. Coach Godwin does a great job of really empowering those guys to, hey, man, like this is a player player led program, man. And that's how yeah. that's how we're going to be at our best is if you guys are teaching these guys, man, and bring them along. Um, so we'll, it'll hmm. be a mix, you know, a nice mix. And, um, like I said, so, so far it's been, uh, been, been really good in terms of how they're going about their work and how those younger guys are developing. Okay. So you mentioned, uh, kind of the phrase player led program. When I hear that, you know, I could go a lot of different directions. I feel like, um, can you dive a little bit more into like how you guys actually apply the philosophy of like a player led program, whether it's like day-to-day practice stuff, um, naming team captains, giving them responsibilities for their p- other players to do, you know, cause like I said, you can go a lot of different ways with it. So I kind of want you to elaborate sure. more on that and just get a little bit more like insight on like what that's like for you guys. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. That the, the, the biggest thing that I would say is, um, and, and this goes for really every aspect of your program and coach coach does a great job with this is, there's a lot of uh, buzzwords and, and, and things that are, are said right around sports, right. You know, and, and culture is one, right. You always hear culture and, you know, and that, and that's, and they are, they are huge important pieces, but the difference in my opinion, program to program is, is who says it and who lives it. Right. You, you know, and that's, that's, that's the difference. And, um, you know, for those that have been in programs and um, been around programs and been in college baseball, you know, uh, uh, for a significant amount of time, you you can be inside of a program for probably about a week, and and you you kind of get a pretty good gauge on, hey, listen, you know, is is this reality or is this something we just talk about, right? You know, and mm. so yeah, you know, for us player led, what that is is um is really just talking to those guys about, hey, listen, if if we're gonna be at, at, at our best 
right? It, it's got to be, it's got to come from you guys. Like you guys got to realize, hey man, what needs to happen for us to be successful? Because as coaches, if we're just talking at, at you, um, that's not going to impact, you know, how we do in the classroom. That's not going to impact what we're doing, you know, in terms of achieving our goals on the field. So, you know, mm -hmm. we have a lot of different areas, man, and, 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 and we will make the players responsible for, for really everything that we do. So let's say hypothetically, um, we, we want to get in all of our syllabi, right? All, all, all the guys got to get in their syllabi to our academic coordinator at the beginning of the year. So she can keep track of what it is. We're going to put, you know, Jake Hunter, one of our pitchers, Hey man, like mm -hmm. this is yours you make sure it gets done. And if player X doesn't get it in, you know, by the time that we establish, it's not going to be player X's fault. It's going to be Jake's fault for not making sure that he, he, hmm. he took care of that. So all of a sudden these guys are now responsible for, um, for, for what goes on and for their teammates. And uh, in reality, probably the best thing that comes out of it is they have to have difficult discussions with each other. Yep. Right. So now they're in a position, Hey man, no, I didn't do it. Well, why didn't you do it? Like for us to be. And so again, that comes and that's going to mean a lot more to that younger player. If he's got to answer to it, one of his teammates than it is, of course, coach, if he's got to deal with coach, he's not going to be super pumped about that, but the program's going to run a lot more efficiently, man, if they're having those conversations and it's going to open the door for, Hey, that conversation, that tough conversation that needs to happen at practice mm. um, on the field during a game, uh, you know, and all of a sudden those younger guys or maybe an older guy is going to be a lot more receptive to one mm. of his teammates kind of questioning him in terms of what he's doing. So um, and a byproduct of that as coaches is that we don't have to keep all of these things right. You know, we can spend our time focusing on things that we we really actually think are, are you know, uh, I don't say more important because it's all important that it gets gets accomplished. It's it's just it allows us to then focus our energy in other areas. Right. So. Yeah. Um, so you, you, you start to kind of see those things um, play out. And a lot of it will be, hey, um, instead of instead of me saying, hey, man, like lane uh you know th this young freshman just got a really poor steel break can, can you can you go over there and talk to him about some of the things that maybe you've learned maybe you've done and, and tell him hey this is what he did right here hmm. um we need to do this instead and just allowing those guys and empowering them to have those discussions you know to where uh they're just more receptive to hearing from their teammates and you know look at, at the end of the day i played a long time ago so uh you know it, it, lane is living it right he's playing it so if he can pass on some of that wisdom that he's saying or some of the things that he maybe has thought about and experienced as a freshman that he was going through um it, it can kind of help those guys so just kind of putting those guys in positions to lead putting those guys in positions hmm. um you know to to feel confident and empowered to pass along what it is and slowly but surely man they're, they're going to 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 do that in other other avenues right other areas of yeah. life right and so all of a yeah. sudden now these relationships are just getting deeper they're getting stronger our players are learning how to lead and um and you know uh, uh you start to just see right that hey these guys start to take um a little bit more responsibility for all the areas of the program and not just whether mm. or not we win or lose on that given day but all of a sudden they start to take pride in Hey man, the team just got a three sixteen GPA. You know, uh, you know, and you just start to see it, man. And that's just going to make our relationships deeper. Um, it's going to make us, uh, in all reality, it's going to make us better on the field. You, you know, if you got better relationships right. and you got 
you know, guys open to being coached by their teammates and you got guys that are willing to speak up and, you know, when it's hard, well, now calling for the fly ball is going to be pretty easy. He, you know, so all of these things are going to filter out onto the, onto the game field, um, you know, and, and look, at the end of the day, you also really hope that these guys are going to take this into the real world when they move on, right? And they're mm. developing leadership qualities. And so, and then, you know, it's it's just been really neat now that I have been here for nine years and we've been here and coach, it's been an established culture, you know, mm. for a long time. And now it just feeds itself, man. Those guys like Lane yeah. and Garrett Sailor and Carter Spivey, they were the ones getting led, right? They were the ones being brought along. They were the ones being helped by the older guys. And, you know, you just, as you get older, you just realize now that's my turn to do that. And this is what I give back to the program. And it's not only is it going to make us a better team, right? Not only am I going to develop as an individual, you know, mm-hmm. but it's just part of what it is to be the older guy in a program. And, and um, yeah. you know, and, and I played at George Mason, you know, and I just remember, um, I remember showing up as a freshman and I remember, uh, no offense to any of the older guys that were in that program at the time, but I remember looking back and just thinking as a freshman, boy, that's not how I'm going to do it when I'm a junior or senior. <laughs> and so, hmm. right. And so, and we weren't good. We finished in last that year in the CAA. And so, which is not surprising looking back now, knowing what I know, you know, several years later, and it's just right. You kind of, we've all been, you know, probably on teams where we knew this is good. Right. Yeah. And this is not right. And so, um, you know, and so we've been able to coach just does a great job. We spend a lot of time on that, but probably a long answer for you in terms of player led, but it's just trying to empower those guys in all avenues to where, um, you know, really they can have those tough conversations with each other. And, and yeah. uh, we put them, make them responsible for things within the program, which in turn, right. Makes them just take a lot more ownership in the day-to-day operations of what goes on here and believing that all mm-hmm. of those small things lead to the results that we all want and all the goals we have on the field. See now right there, all the small things leading to like the bigger sort of collective, um, goal, I guess. I feel like for young guys, it's really hard to see when coaches are talking to them, right? But when a player is talking to them about it, when they're kind of showing them like, hey, you want to be in my position, right? Like you you want to, you know, be the next guy up? Like I'm helping you out here. It, it just kind of clicks, I feel like, for younger guys. I know it did for me as a freshman. I would listen so carefully to these fifth years who I knew were going to be pros. And I'm like, yep. I, like I have to hear everything I, ha- I have to because it's gold whatever it is yeah they, sure. like they're yeah they're just gonna it just seemed like they had all the secrets and for some reason maybe as a freshman there's more pushback like you're pushing back a little bit more like you're like oh, i don't know about that maybe not um but it's funny because you get you're talking about how it's it starts to feed itself too mm-hmm. at that point so i also want to ask like do you guys even concern yourselves with too much of that anymore at least with the young guys or is there just just like a trust at this point at least maybe for this team just you know to speak about it now where you don't even have to worry about it too much in terms of like letting the freshman know because you understand like these older guys are gonna they're gonna get them right yeah i i would say uh twofold um we we definitely do worry about it and um Mm. you know how we go about handling it right maybe different than we did it six seven years ago but it's it's always at the forefront and and coach is really um 
you know, I think coach coach spends a lot of time with our guys on this. And we spend a lot of time as a group, um, you know, sitting, mm-hmm. meeting, just talking about just culture and how important it is. And, and really more so trying to learn from other successful cultures. Right. So to mm-hmm. your point, right. Just like if I'm a uh, freshman shortstop and I show up, up and here's the junior senior shortstop and he's going about things in in this this uh just the game just looks slow to him right you know it just looks like it's so easy for him and it's slow to him and you know here's coach coach palumbo's putting him in these drills or coach godwin's putting him through these drills and it just is very hard for me but it looks easy and slow for him and and so you see you you, you see those things and uh mm. to your point you just got to kind of trust that hey listen you know if he's doing that, as long as I keep buying into it, right? As long as I keep showing up every day and just keep yeah. working at these things, eventually I'm going to look at that. Hard for a freshman to do, right? Very hard for a freshman yeah. to do. And, and uh, you know, I, t- I tell tell guys all the time, I mean, we got Connor Norby, right? Came, came through our program, a second baseman. And, I mean, Connor uh, played very sporadically as a freshman, played a little bit towards the end of the year because he finally figured out how to practice. And hmm. we, we had some conversations that year where it was just like, hey, man, like, I need you to treat BP and infield outfield like your game. I need you to make every play. I need you to go about it that way. It can't be the mindset of like, hey, it's okay, it's batting practice. No, no, this is your game. And mm-hmm. if you show that you can play at that at, at our level, what needs to happen in this right in this time period, we'll mm-hmm. start to trust you that it's going to play out once the game starts. And mm-hmm. Connor will will talk. Connor speaks all the time. He spoke as an older guy to these younger guys. He'll come back and speak to these younger guys, um, you know, today. But he had a tough freshman year. Um, but what he did halfway through the year was he learned how I'm going to show up. I'm going to focus every single day on the right things. And all of a sudden you look up and he's getting some ABs towards the end of the year. He's getting starts, spot starts, a DH, and, you know, a- ends up right playing starting as a that COVID year and, and and playing, you know, hitting over 400, you know, before the season, season got shut down, had a great junior year, and all of a sudden he's, you know, uh, uh, got a chance to break into the big leagues this year. But uh, but my point is, it, it was when he's going through it, and all of a sudden he, as a junior, in comes a freshman second baseman, and he's struggling mm-hmm. with things. And it's very easy for me to look at him and say, hey, man, that dude's going to be a, a top draft pick this year he was way worse than you as a freshman. <laughs> so in terms of how he's going back, right. Then it's yeah. easy for that player. Right. And then Norby's talking to him. He's telling him, Hey man, he's not kidding you, man. Every day at practice coach was on me and he's getting mm-hmm. into me. So it becomes easy, right. For him, for that second baseman, that freshman second baseman to then, you know, kind of, kind of buy in, buy into it. That said, we never kind of just put that on the back burner. You know, that, 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 you know, we talked about in the beginning, you know, some people say it, some people, you know, some teams live it, um, mm-hmm. you know, coach is adamant about that. Like he really believes that th- this is what makes our program unique. Um, hmm. this is what makes our program different from others. And so we spend a lot of time just continuing to cultivate that. And, and I think hmm. 2017 was, was our third year here. 15, we won the AAC in our first year, uh, hmm. we're two seed at Miami, you know, we, you're, you're in, in 16, our second year um win, win the uva regional go down to texas tech we, we hit a ball i mean very easily could have been in omaha and uh the ball bounced up we had a winning run at third base bounce up hits the mound and make a great play behind second base get the force out in the in the bottom of the 10th um you know you know texas tech made a heck of a play second base made a heck of a play mm-hmm. but we were had the ball just rolled instead of hitting the mound and popped up we we're on omaha and, and uh 
17 mm. rolls around. We're, I think, fifth or sixth preseason. All those guys are back, and um, and we just had a really, really tough year. And our uh, top two, two top two arms, one goes down with a broken ankle on a line drive. One one uh, ended up uh, breaking his every bone in his face with a, a comebacker. Mm. Um, we started out 0-10 in conference after being preseason fifth or sixth. And um, we had a lot of, lot of factors, but really, Coach felt like our culture that year, we just felt like because the year before had gone well, and we had a lot of guys returning, we were just going to have success. And we didn't. We had our worst year here. Almost won the conference tournament, lost in the finals. Um, you know, and Coach will tell you that was a blessing because we really took a step back and, and um, you know, reevaluated what we hmm. wanted to do on a day-to-day basis. And that was really probably, you know, that that's uh, around that time is, is uh, I referenced that 18 team just being very mature. And we spent a lot of time on just doing the right things. The veterans were hungry because they saw what, you know, what a bad year looked like and we hadn't had one yet. So, yeah. but we still keep that at the forefront of what we're doing. We spend a lot of time on it. And even though those older guys know what to do, they're still 21, 22, you know, some 23 now, but you still got to kind of guide them in the right direction and just kind of, you may not need to push it. You just got to kind of guide it, you know? And so yeah. but we still have to be very, very involved, um, you know, and just making sure, man, that the, the, we keep, keep, uh, keep the train moving in a good direction. Yeah. Can we talk about the fall really quick? Um, I just want to ask like kind of how that goes for you guys and like, what are like your points of emphasis in a fall? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, you know, from, from a baseball standpoint, I think the fall, we, we take some time to, um, you know, our guys really, they're kind of twofold. They're, they're here, they're either here in the summer, uh, mm. working out our freshmen come in right for the summer session and they get about five weeks here with our strength coach and, and getting, uh, you know, getting ahead academically with a couple courses. And then we have our veterans are either here on campus with those guys. So you start to kind of build that, that chemistry a little bit, depending on mm. what their situation was coming out of the spring, healthy. Um, maybe it's just the best thing for them to be back on campus. And then there's a, a group that, that are out playing, right. And obviously the various summer leagues uh, throughout the country. So, uh, so it's kind of split. We get back for the fall. We take about the first five, six weeks of the fall, and we just kind of get back into weight room, right, getting settled academically. Um, you know, we go into our skill work, right, phase of, of uh, getting our bodies back and just trying to get the pitchers, mm. hopefully maybe get them a little bit of a break or, you know, build, but we're always building them up the right way. Every, every program does it different, right? It's based on geography, based on philosophy. Uh, mm-hmm. We'll get going late September with our fall season, right, our traditional kind of six-week fall season. And we'll run through November. So that's mm. when we're we're kind of full full blown, right? We're in our squad and we're getting our our our, uh, our our games in, our scrimmages. And this past fall, we played UVA, played Clemson on the road, uh, and then finished it up with a, a purple and gold World Series. So we want to build up, build the bodies up, right? Obviously, you're trying to see what some of the new guys, you know, can can bring to the table and and just getting them. Mm-hmm acclimated we installed just about everything you know throughout that fall season we're going to get our, our our first and third our cuts and relays our bunties our picks all that you know, pfps all that work in yep. um you know getting that situated but you know we want to put it is nice now you're able to play you know some of those other games and everybody's different philosophies um you know what what you're doing with those but uh we usually get a road trip in to kind of get a feel for what it's like to be on the road and we'll play one at home um, you know, sure. so you kind of get that aspect that you didn't use to get on the road, get on the road and go, go get after a little bit. So you, you have, you have that, but, uh, but it's interesting that then, then you got about two, two and a half weeks before exams. And, mm-hmm. um, you know, really that's a, that's a time we really try to identify, Hey, listen, these are the things 
that you're going to need to be able to do right in order to be a guy that can impact this team this spring, right? New guy, young guy, or maybe it's just an area one and older guy to get better at, but that's where we'll spend a lot, you know, some one-on-one time, you know what I mean? Just really Mm. giving these guys a blueprint for in all reality, what you're going to be doing on your own in December because we can't work with you. Right. So, you know, so now they're back home, it's exams, they're back home. So we really want to, I like to, you know, if it's an infielder I'm working with or whether it's the short game stuff or, you know, uh, some arm action things we want to work on with a guy, like that's really the time he's got from kind of that first week of November until he gets back, back here Mm. first week of January. So, I mean, you got about eight weeks here to, to really identify some things that, you you feel like my, they might need to get better at in order to help this year's ball club or get themselves ready to play. So mm-hmm. um, that's kind of kind of how we go about it. Obviously, that November December is a heavy heavy time in the weight room. You're you're back in the weight room and you're getting your body ready because once you get back in January and we kind of get going pretty good, it's going to become you know mm-hmm. late January probably that maintenance phase right, which we just entered into where it's more about maintaining and you mm-hmm. know make sure our bodies are are feeling good on a, on a day to day basis versus you know, building up to, you know, sustain throughout the, throughout the spring. Could you walk me through um, maybe like a, a development sort of uh, piece for the hitter specifically, because I know you work with the hitter. So can you just walk me through um, maybe like as a freshman coming in, like how you like to approach a, a, like a new hitter? Yeah. And, and really actually coach, so coach Godwin and, and uh, I, I will help out with the hitters. I don't oversee the hitting, but coach okay. Godwin and coach, coach Bortles uh, do a great job with those guys, but I can give you their, you know, their, their thoughts. Okay. On me. We're, Are you we're more gonna, pitching then? So I'm, I'm more kind of like, I help out with the hitting. I'll, I'll do short, okay. I'll do the short game, bunting, base running, uh, t- oversee the team defense, coach the infielder. Oh, okay. So, and then I'll, you know, my, I have done hitting in the past at other places that I've been. It's sure, just yeah. always coach Gowan's been so, you know, he's such a great hitting coach. And so now coach Bortles. Mm-hmm. So really it kind of allows our staff to kind of have our hands in a lot of different areas versus okay. an offensive guy and a defensive guy. So coach, coach Gowan, coach Bortles do a lot with the hitting. I'll kind of help out with hitting just because I'm around it. I'm around them a lot. Right. You know? And, yeah. And then, and then on top of it, I'll take those guys. So, so they're, they're doing that stuff. I'll take a group and we're doing our, our base running. We're doing our, our short game bunt work and, and, um, and then mm. those things. So we can kind of split it up. It's kind of nice. So we can get a lot of work in offensively in a lot of different areas. And I think, yeah, you know, we've done a lot of different, um, you know, when you watch us play, I think, you know, kind of our, a hallmark of ours is our, our bunt game, our slashing and all those different things. We do, we do a oh, lot yeah. of that. Um, right. And I think part of that is not necessarily the fact that I'm doing the short game. It's the fact that we can kind of, do a lot of different things, right. And focus in a lot of sure. different areas, um, which has been nice. But when it comes to the offensive side, you know, th- those guys, I mean, look, as I tell people, it's, it's really, it's going to be player to player. And and we do a lot with just, as I know, a lot of programs do because there's so many great coaches across the country, individual development, right. You know, and, and kind of what they, what they need, but there's also an aspect of it where it's like, okay, well, they're good players. That's why you recruited them, right? So you want to mm-hmm. kind of let them get here. And, uh, and 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 we do have an early hitting routine, right? What Coach Godwin and Coach Bortles do with these guys in terms of what we do on a daily basis in terms of how we want to go about our work. Obviously, okay. there's some different drills that are in it, right? And, and you know, our T work, right? Our, our front toss, our V flex that we use, um, our high T work, right? Just some different drills and those different things that are going to be kind of foundational drills for, for coach Godwin and coach Bortles. And we get those established, right? So those are established very, very early. Now, 
we're not going right into changing swing mechanics and doing these different things, right? It's more about yeah. watching these guys, getting them a um, an approach on how do we practice, right? Maybe mm. some approach philosophies that we use here that are going to be, um, you know, within our program on a day-to-day -day basis. But when it comes to individual swings and, um, you know, th th those types of things, it's not a, uh, you know, it's not something we're, we're, we're changing on, you know, on August the, the 15th when they get here on campus. It's going to be, hey, let's, let's, let's let this thing play out a little bit um, and let's see. Now, learning how to work at this level, learning what it takes to be successful, um, mm. those are things that we really want to instill very, very quickly because obviously you're trying to maximize them, you know, their potential here as soon as we can, right? So you want to get them the yeah. things that are going to be vital and that you know they need to do. And then from there, it's going to be kind of feeling out who they are as a player and making adjustments as we get into our skill work a little bit. Yeah. Well, and I ask this because like you kind of mentioned, you guys are very elaborate, you know, in the way that you guys go about your offense, very versatile, Mm -hmm. You know, at least I remember when playing you guys, it was like, sure. okay, yeah, this team likes to do a lot of different things. They might attack me the way, a different way, you know, from how they attack Braden, if you remember Braden. Mm -hmm. yeah, right? yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, so, like, in that, I was always curious how you guys maintain that, okay, like, everything we're doing offensively, you know, it's team-based, like, it's definitely team-first, but also, okay, in the day-to-day -day stuff, how are you getting better as a player as opposed to how are you just, you know, learning how to execute better and like know the signs. Sure. So that's the only reason I asked that question. And like you said, it's different player to player. And especially with freshmen, you kind of have to let them like get their feet wet and also fail a little bit too. Yeah, definitely. Definitely. So, and it's also, it's also how you recruit though too. Right. So, yeah. you know, it's, it's, it's right. Bringing players in that kind of fit our style and, um, you know, if, if you, which I know you have played against our team, but if people have seen us play, um, you know, we've had some players on the field that you, you, you may not, uh, if you're out on the road recruiting, you may not look up and be like, Hey man, yeah, that, that's, that, that looks like a high, high level division one baseball player. Right. So to speak, but mm. it's at the same time, it's, it's, um, and not, not to, to diminish the, 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 uh, skills of these players per se, some of them, but it's more so about what fits our system. Right. You know, I mean, Lane, who yep. was a five, five, six guy, right. Who's a, a singles hitter, but the reality is that he can do a lot of the things that coach Godwin wants to do. Right. We want to have guys that can oh, yeah. you know put it, put a bunch of pressure on teams. And, and uh, then we got some guys that can be RBI guys, right. That, you know, are gonna, uh, you know, they, they're, they're going to be better players because somebody like mm -hmm. Lane Hoover's on base, creating a lot of havoc and putting pressure on, on the pitcher. All of a sudden your two, three, four holes are, are, are better hitters. So, you know, mm -hmm. so those are things. So we kind of recruit to it in some ways and, um, you know, yeah. and, and so, you know, it's, it's, it's your, as you're going through your recruiting process, you're trying to figure out, okay, yeah, I, I, he, he fits what we do here at East Carolina. And, mm. um, you know, when you, you, you look up in players, you know, like Elaine or, you know, they're, they're, um, you know, you get to know them as people and you get to know what they are, uh, um, and, and how tough and competitive they are. Right. Then all of a sudden you start to have the makings of a guy who, you know, is going to end up being a five-year starter. Right. So, you know, that maybe, other, somebody may not have seen right when they were looking up and watching Lane play as a junior in high school and he's five, six, 145 pounds. Right. So, you know, mm -hmm. it's, it's just, you got, you got to find guys that fit what you want to do and, and how we go about it. And we play a particular mm -hmm. style and coaches had a lot of success with that style. And so, you know, you want to try to bring in guys that can kind of fit that, uh, fit that profile. Interesting. Cause I was going to ask how you guys look for players, besides just the sheer talent of a player, like what sticks out to you guys 
So it sounds like, you know, very clear. You have a system. You look for players that are that are trying to fit that. So that's that's very clear on the field. Now, obviously, off the field matters a lot. I hear from coaches all the time. Sure. Like off the field almost can be more important in the sense that you can mess up off the field and it could turn turn you away you know that's um, right for recruiting so when it comes to just like off the field stuff or even just like the intangibles as people like to call it like in, in the recruiting side like how does how do you guys um look at players on that side and is there like a a system as well you know for for ec correct yeah for sure there is there there is and i'll tell you it's it's gonna be different school to school in my in my opinion if you're recruiting it you know, um, you know, different schools, it's going to be different, right? Yeah. So you may have a, a found a foundation to what you want. And, and, and we have, we've established that here. I also think mm -hmm. as a recruiting coordinator, uh, you, you, you want to recruit to players that are going to be successful under the uh, kind of the approach and the personality of your head coach. Right. So, oh, okay. um, and some, 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 some coaches that I worked for, it, it, it didn't necessarily matter. Right. You, you know, I mean, they, they didn't have, maybe as um as firm of a thought process on what they had to have if that makes sense um and sure. that took me some time here with coach godwin you know we were assistants together at ucf and so different i get hired here to be you know to, to work with coach and and so but he was a first-time head coach so now mm. we're going through it right and and to your point that first year it's like let's just go get as many talented players as we possibly can right let's go get the best players yeah while coach and I work together, um, you know, and then I start to see players come into the program and, and some have uh, just adapt maybe quicker than others, right? Mm. It, it becomes apparent that, hey, listen, these are the types of people and players, but people that will flourish, you know, here under under what we're doing. And so I also started to get a, a better idea of, hey, listen, you know, this is um the style of offense that's going to work right the, the coach mm. wants to play this is how this is going to go right so so now we're nine years into this thing it is a lot more it is a lot easier for me right to go out be on the road and be like hey man this guy fits from a right from a talent standpoint in terms of what we're trying to do what coach likes how we want to do it now mm -hmm. we're going to get to know him now we're going to get on the phone, right? We're going to get to know players, families, um, all of those things, right? Talk to coaches, all, all the things, right, that that we do as as coaches to kind of get that that background and that feel of 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 really who they are as people. And um, mm. you know, the system, right, for us, as I tell every recruiting families, it's three things. You have to be talent. Number one, you got to be talented enough, right, to help us win championships. The the baseball piece starts it, right? If you don't, mm -hmm. you're not good at baseball we're probably not going to get, get get too too deep into the process but from there right it's really two other things you have to be committed to your academics right and we've been very successful mm -hmm. we've led the AAC and team GPA now for i think eight straight years uh, we just finished the fall with a 362 team GPA and um you know and, and that's again just the system that we've been able to establish here and the culture that we have mm -hmm. within the program so um you know and then from there right it doesn't mean they're all four o's but they got to just understand getting a degree is important right and and you're going to be asked to work hard and to do your best at everything that you do once you step foot here and move in for you know the summer of your freshman year. And I can promise you, it is not going to be easy for you if you don't do as well as you can. Doesn't mean you gotta be perfect. It just means you gotta try work and, and put in the time, right? You know, and, and yeah. so um as long as you do that, 
right? It's it, 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 the rest of it will take care of itself. And, and then the third thing is that you just have to be a good person. And if, mm-hmm. you know, if, if the, the coaches that you play for think you're a good person, the teammates that you play, then, then you probably are, right? You don't have to get too far. We spend a lot of time, um, you know, with around our coaches and, and you can watch guys and how they interact with their teammates to, to determine whether or not they are. So if they fit those three things and we can get, you know, 35 to 40 guys in a locker room together that are talented, work at their academics, because if they're willing to work at their academics, they're going to be willing to work at ba- at the baseball side, right? It, it, it's going to be pretty easy for them if, if that's right, if they're willing to work at the academics. And then if they're good people, then they're going to be able to buy into what we're doing here and the culture. And as you mentioned, you know, mm. play team offense, right? You, you know, and understand doesn't mean there's not going to be hard times. Doesn't mean we don't want to do well individually, right? Yeah. In, in all honesty, you're not going to be a great baseball player if you don't care if you do well individually, right? It's part of part of being competitive in this sport but you know but the reality is if you can get outside yourself and understand there's more to it than that um and we get 35 to 40 guys that have those qualities those and those are just intangibles right that that you're just adding up into a locker room man and and you know look man i don't think we're we're not perfect i've made plenty of mistakes in recruiting um but the reality is if you if you, you think you have 35 to 40 in that locker room you probably have a bunch, right? You may miss a few, you know, but you probably have a, a whole lot, man. And, and those those guys, and we've seen this over time as we've kind of nailed this down just a little bit is is um, those guys, if, if, if I do mess up, um, which it certainly happens, um, those guys stand out very quickly. And mm. the other guys are going to try, man. They're going to they're gonna really go about trying to help that individual and bring them along and pull them along. And some mm. will some will come on over and, and uh, dive, dive in. And even though I messed it up and, and then some, you know, you know, every now and then maybe we have the, just, they won't adapt and they're just not going to, they're just probably not going to be here very long, unfortunately. And so, um, hmm. but that's really the, the system that we go about have gone about it. It didn't, it wasn't perfect right away. You know, it wasn't perfect right away, but we've, you know, I think with any, any good product, man, you just keep, getting better and learning and trying to refine it. Right. And, and get yep. it to where you really want it to be. And, um, you know, fortunately we worked at a really special baseball place and community and, um, mm. there's a lot of people and players that are attracted to it. And, and we've been able to have, you know, I, I would say, I think what something we're most proud of is the sustained success, you know, that we've been able to have here, um, especially over the last four or five seasons. And we'll get into that, but I do want to ask, and it doesn't have to, be particularly, you know, at uh, or with your time at ECU, maybe just your whole coaching career. What are the things that like players um, coming in, new guys, particularly, what are the main things that they're struggling with where you say like, okay, yeah, like this is a commonality that we should really bring attention to new guys so that they're on top of it? Great question. Great question. Um I, I think the, uh, the the biggest piece and the hardest part is, and it's kind of twofold, right? It, it, it's kind of just the handling of adver- adversity, right? The handling of adversity and it not being uh, just about them, right? Mm. That, that, that is something that I mm. just feel like, and it's not necessarily, as, as we, we talk about here all the time, but, and I always tell them, it's not the player's fault. They are not in a culture, a baseball culture, growing up anymore that is team oriented 
So mm. when I, when I grew up playing, it was, Hey, you played, you played little league baseball, play County baseball and you won, you lost as a team. And, um, mm. you, you, then I played Babe Ruth baseball, you, you win, you lose the league as a team. If you get to make all-stars, you, uh, you play in the state tournament. And if you win the state tournament, you go on to the regionals. If you win the regionals, you go on to the world series and you had to win to move on. And mm. it became about the team winning to advance. Yeah. Um, and there was obviously, disappointment right that you learn to handle the adversity um and, and then there was obviously just hey man playing for something bigger than yourself and um you know depending on the high school programs right that can develop a little bit i love going out to watch the high school but the, the playoffs in high school just because mm. i feel like that's the closest thing that we're getting now to hey man i'm playing for something bigger than myself right you know yeah um and look, I'm not this uh, travel ball, not like I, I'm not going to, but it, it does lend itself to, um, you know, just being about myself because I'm paying to get onto this organization. And when I go and I travel, I'm going to get my innings. I'm going to get my ABs. And if I don't, mm -hmm. I kind of hop to the next team and it's about exposure about myself, um, you know, and it just is very kind of me, me, me oriented. And so, mm -hmm it's kind of what we've established as a baseball community, which is a little bit unfortunate um, because mm -hmm. then once they get to this level, then you're no, 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 it's no longer about you. It's about, you know, East Carolina and what you can do for East Carolina. So it's a flip for them that yeah. they're not really used to. And all of a sudden they're the 18 year old trying to compete against 19, 20, 21 year olds that have been in this program. I mean, you're, you're, you're working uphill to start with as a freshman. So, mm. you know, and, and now you're looking up and there's adversity, there's challenges, you know, challenges. I'm away from, you know, everybody that my family, that's always been there to kind of make me feel better, you know, mm. if I ever did have, you know, failures. So, you know, there's a lot thrown at them that they're just not prepared for because the reality is, they haven't played for a lot of meaningful things. They've always been the best player for the most part with any team that they've been on. And now they're hitting up, man, they're hitting a brick wall in a lot of areas. And unless mm. they're just super, super talented or super, super mature, it can be very challenging for them very, very early. And so we spend a lot of time and try to get, Hey man, like, we're going to coach you. We're going to coach you hard you need to be concerned if we stop coaching you. <laughs> so, oh, so yeah. we're not, yeah, yeah. and we're not going to be, we're, we're not, you know, uh, you get to know coach Godwin and you get to know myself, coach Knight, like we're not coming off of it. So, you know, our job mm. is to push you and make you great. And we're going to get, you know, give you as much information that we have and what we've learned in our experiences to try to guide you and help you and bring you along. Um, but it's going to be every day. And I, again, mm -hmm. I think that's why it goes back to why we're so successful and consistently successful is because we have a system, we bring in good people, and then we work every day to make them better. And we're not just going to get, you know, kind of give them that kind of easy day, man. And if they're not doing the right things, it's going to be relentless and it's going to, mm -hmm. we're going to keep coming. And, and that's just kind of how you, you, you look over time though. And, and coach has a saying, Hey man, just 1% better every day. And it sounds mm -hmm. kind of cliche to some degree, but when you live it every day and you're pushing these guys every single day, you look up, man, and there's guys like uh, Joey Barini in our program, who's three years into this thing, it's had some big pinch hits for us, but you know, you just see, you can kind of pull these guys, man, Carter spy the, hardly pitched for three years in our program. All of a sudden he's conference pitcher of the year. Right. And, and so how do those mm. things happen? Well, they happen every day. Uh, they happen because every day they're showing up and they're working and they just haven't broken through, man. And then when it clicks, 
man, it's pretty, pretty special. So, um, yeah. you know, so th th those are the things, man, that I think, you know, we just try to really work hard at with, with the guys. Now it's a balancing act, man, because they, they struggle, mm. you know, so a lot of those guys struggle with being coached. They, they struggle with, you know, just the relentlessness of trying to get them better. Um, mm. And they're going to school, man. Like I said, they're away from family and, um, there's challenging days, man, that, uh, but, uh, as we tell them, man, just keep putting your head down man. show up every day, show up every day. And as I tell those guys, man, you just, some of the players in our program get to be a sophomore. <laughs> like if you could just get to your sophomore mm. year, yeah, yeah. Like you, there's nothing new now. There's no summer school is not new. The weights aren't new. Uh, what coach Palumbo is teaching the infield isn't new. Like you're going to show up and you're going to look up at the, at the freshmen that are in the program this year. And you'd be like, you're going to probably smile, you know, and just say, <laughs> yeah. Hey man, like, Hey, I promise, man, it gets easier. You know what I mean? But you just got to mm -hmm. show up. And and we've had so many guys that in our program, just, we've had a lot of successful freshmen, but like I said, those are very mature um, guys that, um, you know, just kind of know how to handle themselves, know how to go about their work and, and can kind of manage the adversity. And maybe they have mm -hmm. some instant success that right builds their confidence a little bit, but then we've had a lot a lot of guys that manage need to kind of get to that sophomore year, maybe that junior mm -hmm. year. And, and uh, you really start to see those guys take off. But I, I think that's the biggest thing is, you know, look, there's tons of fundamentals that, that the guys are, are, are missing out on man. But those things, as much as it may frustrate us as coaches on a day-to-day -day basis of like, man, how did you get to be an 18 year old baseball player at one of the best baseball programs in the country and not know that, you know, I mean, we, we yeah. come across that really daily in the fall, um, and yeah. I'm just like taken aback by it. But the reality is that we can teach that, um, you know, if they can show up and just be prepared, man, mentally prepared to handle adversity, be coached, got it coach, and then apply it. Um, we don't expect them to be perfect. We do expect them to take the coaching and be able to apply it. It may not get the results we want, but at least they're applying what it is that we're trying to get them to adjust to. Yes. Um, and so that's, that's, that's the biggest thing. And one thing I would, I would really encourage players. Hmm. If you're committed to a school, go as much as you can get there as much as you can in your junior, senior year. Like in my opinion, that's the biggest piece of, of committing early like, you know, people mm. will, is committing early, good, bad. Like that's, that's different for every family, different for every situation. I don't think it's good or bad. Uh, but what I do think is that the best piece of committing early is now I can dive into this program and I can get myself as prepared as I possibly can to step foot on that campus and not be surprised. And mm. if you can do that, whether it's terminology, whether it's how they practice, uh, you know, Zach Agnos that just finished with us and now he's a pitcher in the Rockies organization. Zach mm -hmm. is probably my, uh, he, he was in, in a guinea pig in, in a lot of ways in that his brother, Jake, uh, was in our program first. And so Jake was playing for us and Zach would come every weekend with his family to watch his brother. Yeah. And so Zach is in you know once he you know once he commits to us he's in our facility right he's he's watching meetings he's staying with his brother jake and his roommates off campus right on fridays and saturdays and you know uh, during the season he is essentially living it he's just not playing it right and mm -hmm. so all of a sudden he does that for three years and he's around this program the insides and outs he's at the banquets he's at every he's on road trips he's at right he's doing the whole deal and so next thing you know, you look up and he's here as a freshman and he's yelling, running stadiums at the older guys, 
right in the fall and he's just confident enough to speak up and lead and <laughs> right and you look yeah. up right and all of a sudden he's starting at third base as a freshman and yes Zach was ultra talented don't get me wrong but like the reality was those things don't happen if he's not just around the program and just taking it in and soaking it in. So not mm. everybody's going to have a brother that plays on the program, but we have guys all the time. And I encourage our recruits, Hey man, come come I mean, Luke Nowak, who's, who's a sophomore force, man. He's from Wisconsin and he, he picked two weekends and he just flew down. Wanted to be here for the, to watch the games, uh, you know, watch the games he's he's a he's luke's a probably six five runner right outfielder learn our learn our short game like how to practice it right so now he can mm. go back to wisconsin and he's practicing what we're doing over and over and over again right so all of a sudden you look up and, and they're just that much more prepared you know when they get here mm -hmm. it's not new to them man and and yeah you know so we we try to push our guys as much as possible to come hang out soak it up like come around um hear coach coach the players hard right and realize hey man that's going to be me. Like I'm going to make the same mistakes and he's going to do that, but then mm -hmm. he's going to put his arm around me, man, you know, 10 minutes later when he comes in and we're going to have a, a deeper conversation with it. So, you know, yeah. all those things, man, I would encourage recruits as much as you can, when you commit to a, a school, go and go as much as that coaching staff will allow you to, because that's going to help mm -hmm. you be prepared when you get there. Oh my gosh. Cause I'm, I'm actually thinking of back now when we went to your place in 2021, I'm looking at some of the players, you know, I see the lineup, Agnos definitely stuck out to me as like, wait, he's a sophomore. He, yeah. He's kind of the way he's carrying himself. He mm -hmm. looks like a senior, yeah. you know, and I, I bet any freshman would pray to be that guy, you know, where you're that guy showing up day one on campus where it's like, oh, he looks like he's already been here type of yeah. type of deal. Yeah. And yeah. right there, that's the exact sort of um, approach I think that you'd have to take in order to to do that that might be the only way you can do it no quite no quite i right? mean it really it really is and obviously it takes supreme confidence and there's only so many players that even carry themselves in that manner anyways and zach had a lot of that charisma right even as you watched sure. him play throughout his career he had just tremendous charisma and a, a fan favorite because of the way he carried himself but the way he did as a freshman, you can only do that if you're around the program and you just feel very yeah. comfortable around the coaching staff and the older players and and so on and so forth. So, but you're probably not going to get to that level a whole lot, but just to be able to be around it. And, and uh, as, as I tell players, the goal is to be yourself as soon as possible, mm -hmm. right. You know, and, and just, just to play, play like yourself, be comfortable in your own skin, man. And a lot mm -hmm. of times that just takes being, uh, used to what's coming at me, right. And being aware and being able to think ahead and Hey, knowing today in batting practice, right. I'm feeding two here. I'm going one here. Like, and not having to write, I can just kind of show up and be myself. And, um, and that's really the goal. And that's really the goal as a coach. Right. But mm. at the same time, you got to get things established and coach them in a certain capacity, you know, a certain way to try to maximize their potential. And sometimes that can be, um, you know, as a coach, you may understand, Hey, listen, ultimately he needs to do x y and z to be successful at this level well sometimes you got to coach him hard in order to get him get him there right and and so yeah. you know sometimes there's that give and take where you look up and you may not be maximizing him today but as a sophomore he's going to be the best version of himself and so the sooner mm -hmm. you know we can kind of close that gap right you know and make that learning curve you know not as steep um it's what we're all going for and, and the more they can be around and shoot, just being here, right. And interacting with us is going to give them a comfort level, right. You know what I mean? On, mm -hmm. you know, obviously mm -hmm. we're on the phone a ton, but just watching us in our natural environment and them understanding that when they get here, that's what it's going to be like. will give them right. A little more peace of mind to allow them to yeah. be themselves when they show up. 
Yeah, and I wanted to circle back to the the kind of coaching them hard thing. You know, you might say that's a little bit more of an old school approach, right? Like, because frankly, you could say it's still early days of the transfer portal, but now it's like there's kind of this freedom, this new freedom that freshmen have to just like, oh, I'm at this program and I don't like, you know, how it's going so far. I'm not getting the time that I want. I can just leave. Like, it's fine. It's no big deal. So I'm kind of curious now to like when that, kind of came into effect that became like a real thing did you guys ever look at that and say like okay do do we need to adjust the way we go about this like are we gonna scare kids away like sure i would i would imagine though i'm i'm sort of anticipating that you guys at least have the benefit of the proof in the pudding in that in that the the sustained success you know allows you to say like look like these guys suck before like you've mentioned these guys you know they struggled you know as their freshman but then you look at them here two years down the road, like, I think that's where you want to be too, right? Like, it's it's pretty easy. But it's just so difficult right now yeah, with, yeah. The, with yeah, the whole yeah. nature of it. So Yeah, I, th- oh. I think you, you hit you hit on you hit on all, 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 the, all, all the thoughts. I mean, mm. you know, you, you start to see it, right? And, and really, I think what we have to kind of, to, to your point, to kind of step back and say is, um, look, you know, there's only four schools in the country that won 40 games the last four years. There's only there's only two in the country that have hosted, you know, four straight regionals. That's us and Stanford. You know, and so when when you 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 take a step back and you look up, um, you're not die you're not you're not dying to uh, adjust a lot of things, right? When you start to have that success, yeah. you're always trying to get better. Um, mm-hmm. You're always trying to get better. But there's also things that you look up and you say, we've been able to have that sustained success that almost nobody else in the country has been able to do um, because of these things and because of mm. how we go about our day to day. And so the reality is we're, we're not going to adjust a lot about that. We just need to continue to find the kids that are going to fit our, fit our place. And I think hmm. yeah. when you, when you look at, when you look at how we go about it, we have really adjusted nothing. And when I say that, like, hmm. It's, it's not because I look up and say, hey, everything is perfect here at East Carolina. It's not. But the things that are going to keep, in my opinion, players from looking up and saying, hey, I'm going to go do X, Y, you know, yeah, I did good things at East Carolina. I'm go. It's the relationships, right? It's, it's the relationships. Mm-hmm. Do I believe that these people are going to take care of me? Are, do they care about me? I, I don't know many players um, that go to a program – feel like all right we get a chance to play at the highest level we're legitimately competing for a chance to go to omaha and potentially win a national championship um, i get to play in front of anywhere from four to six thousand fans on a on a weekly basis um i i am a uh you know if i'm one of the better players um i mean there's everybody in town, right. I'm, I'm kind of like a hero <laughs> here in town, right. You know, we're getting yeah. back and they're getting to sign autographs, you know, getting off the bus here after good weekends. And, and um, you know, and so, you know, and, and yet here's these coaches that they care about me. They care about me being a good person and not just a great baseball player because they want to win championships at East Carolina and they spend time with me. They've gotten, they, they've developed us and, um, I, I just I don't know too many players that are going to look up and be like, hey, man, I can't wait to get out of here. Uh, now, again, we're mm. very fortunate in East Carolina that we have a lot of those things that are built in that. Yeah. Yes, some of the things we've done have been able to create that, but we have a lot of those things built in. And so, again, as I talked about earlier, 
everything is different program to program. H how you have to manage, right, the portal, how you have to manage uh, NIL, like how you have to manage those things is going to be different at different places to some degree. Um, that said, mm -hmm. I think you have to have a belief in what you're doing as a coach and what you're doing with your program and, um, you know, make sure that you, in, in a lot of ways, have that culture established and have an expectation of, hey, listen, this is how we do it. And we're here for you, man. We're going to get you as good as we possibly can. Our goal is for you to play professional baseball when you leave here after having a ton of success, getting a great degree and enjoying your experience here, um, you know, playing college baseball at the highest level. And if, if those aren't things that are, you know, that align with what you and your family feel like is, is right for you, um, in all honesty, you probably don't fit the, the 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 kind of the pillars of our culture that you know we really feel like you need to have in order for us to have success either. So, hmm. um, you know, so we really just haven't adjusted a lot because we've been able to in in a lot of ways really be thorough with what we've been able to establish here with our culture, how we recruit, how we develop once you're here, um, how we um, the relationships that we have with our players. Um, you know, and so I think that's why you look up and, you know, uh, we're not perfect. There's a handful of scenarios that, um, that maybe hasn't worked out perfect, or maybe we wanted as coaches for it to go a little bit different, but, you know, by and large, I, I think to your point, the, the sustained success we've been able to have yeah. kind of lends itself to not really adjusting a ton, um, you know, until, until maybe the, the uh, the system or or college baseball or however you want to term it with everything or the NCAA and the adjustments they've made until maybe those adjustments show that we need to adjust if that makes sense yeah that definitely makes sense and now I kind of wanted to ask since you said you haven't really made adjustments like since the transfer portal is that even something you guys pay that much attention to or are you guys more solely faced on getting those those high school guys really building them up which sounds like that's kind of the the approach here um even it, it with like just, yeah definitely again too because there's so much talent in the transfer portal don't get me wrong so at a program like yours it's like it could be easy to say okay like we're a great program you have amazing talent like this makes sense so now i'm curious like how yeah. that how that yeah, we're, we're, we're not we're not we're not closed off to it but it, our, our foundation yeah. is always going to be the high school class it's always going to be the high school class mm -hmm. and then you know in a lot of ways with the junior college players previously which we've had you know some success with that previously in our time here mm -hmm. but it was always to kind of um fill fill the gap a little bit you know if, if we had a, a draft yeah, yeah. situation that maybe you know emerged that we weren't expecting it was always we're going to start our foundation as the high school class and then from there, we're going to kind of fill the, fill the gaps that we need to. And, and baseball, as you know, is such a different animal when it comes to, you know, the draft and, and, and the situations that that could put you into. Because, look, at the end of the day, you're trying to you're trying to put together the best team on the field mm -hmm. while treating people the right way. And, and, and the way our system is set up they make it extremely challenging to, to do all of those things at once. So every college yeah. baseball coach in the country, right. will tell you that. So you're, you're trying to manage the roster in the best way you can. And now here, here, major league baseball moves the draft back, you know, which makes it even more challenging, right? Because now yeah. you're, you're, now you're guessing and, and um, you know, you're trying to do the best you can, but it's just a, a really, really unfortunate scenario for, for yeah. us as coaches. So, you know, so now you're looking up. And so the transfer portal is an area that, you know, is, is uh, it's there and look, man, there are, you know, I've heard 
heard a lot of coaches, well, it's just all bad, you know, it's it's scenarios didn't work out. Yeah, I got you, man. There's plenty of good, there's plenty of great players to your point and plenty of really good people that, that are in the transfer portal. So it, it becomes like anything else. It's about figuring out, hey, listen, do they fit here? And so we're not closed off to it. Um, I would say that now you just kind of add it in with the junior college situation of like, hey, listen, yeah. if we have a situation that presents itself, you know, mm-hmm. now we're going to make sure we're doing our homework. Do they fit? Do they fit all of the things, right, that we do here in our program? And just because they had success at another place, it doesn't mean it's going to work here at East Carolina. And we are very steadfast on that. Like it just, mm-hmm. it, it has to be a scenario where we feel like they fit what we do and how we do it. And if they do, then we'll, we'll, we'll be open to that, you know, certainly that option. And mm-hmm. um, this past year, we got, we, in all honesty, we did probably more in the transfer portal than we, we have and generally will. That was because we had a couple scenarios that played out that, you know, we're right on the edge, man, right on the edge, yeah. you know, of, of, will they be back? Will they not be back? And, and um, you know, we always try to do as best we can and treat people as best we possibly can. And a couple of them ended up not coming back. And so therefore we had these open spots on the roster. And so we did add a couple guys out of the transfer portal and they've been great. They, they fit our place um, really, really well. And, and um, I'm happy, you know, pleased with, with how that, that, uh, you know, I know the rest of our staff's pleased with how that's gone. So, you know, I think mm-hmm. it's like anything else, you know, we're, we're open to it, but at the same time, it's got to be the right situation and it'll always be to kind of supplement the class in a, in a lot of ways. There has to be that need, um, you know, because look, at the end of the day, as a, as a, as a junior college player or a transfer, um, you, you want to play, right? I mean, that's, that's, that's yeah. the goal of the field and play. And so if we don't have that mm-hmm. need, right, of, hey, absolute need of, of this situation, then, um, you know, we just don't really embark on it. We, we, uh, we, we try to try to keep those areas to supplement the the team and, and areas of need that pop up. Maybe we're not expecting. Mm, okay. Yeah. I want to shift now. Well, cause we've talked about transfer portal talking a little bit about high schoolers too, and the recruiting side, I want to get into this sort of tech mind, this tech atmosphere, because you, there's, uh, there's a lot now, there's a lot of information to use. Definitely. There's, there's so much to go off of. There's different ways you could go about it. Um, we're going to stick on this sort of recruiting thing in terms of evaluating players. How mm-hmm. much does technology come into play? High scores, JUCO, transfer portal, whatever it may be. Just how, how much you like to use it in terms of you, you evaluating players? Yeah, for sure. I, I would say um, to me, it is it is a um, it's there to help with the process, right? I mean, it's at your disposal and if it is and, and when it is um, to not use it is probably not, uh, not the best approach. Um, that said, I don't think it's the end all be all of, mm. you know, what's going to make a, a player fit your particular program. And again, mm. I really think it comes back to my, my experiences as a, as a college baseball coach, uh, you know, when I got my first recruiting job, as a recruiting coordinator, I was 23 years old at George Mason, and man, I thought I knew exactly what I was supposed to be doing, and I've, I know now I knew nothing about what I was supposed to be doing. So, <laughs> you know, you, you learn as you go, right? You have these experiences, and you learn from them, and and so now, right, tech, technology and, and how much is at our disposal has has emerged, and, and it's there, so why not use it when it's at your disposal? Um, mm. But at the end of the day, Kind of going back to um, you know some of the players maybe that that uh, that were that have come through our program. There's a a lot of them that I can go back to that 
you know, if you were to, you know, let them take some BP or, or, uh, you know, let them, let them get up on the bump, man, you, you wouldn't be like, oh, those, those guys are unbelievable, man. His spin rate on his fastball or breaking ball was, you know, his horizontal vertical break was off the charts. I mean, it, yeah. it wasn't always right, but they had the ability and coach just, just got done telling our team yesterday, you know, at the end of the day, the spin rate on your fastball is fantastic. But if you're 3-0 and you can't throw the ball over to plate or the guys are hitting it, you know, you get behind in the count and the guys are still hitting it out the left field, man, I don't care at all. The game is about, mm. right, getting ahead of hitters, man, putting them away, getting big hits, man, competing with two strikes, you know, all of those things that have made, you know, successful baseball teams, you know, for a long, long time before we ever had that. So mm-hmm. the reality is that hasn't really changed. It's about can you use it to help players get better? And yeah, some of those players, man, it, it can make you worse. <laughs> to be quite honest with you, man, it can make you less productive. It's yeah. probably a better way to say it. So sure. it, it can make you less productive on the field and what actually actually counts. So our job, I've always felt like our job as coaches is to utilize the technology to help the players get better. Some players can handle that more. Some players can handle that less. It's no different in recruiting. Right now, it's for us to utilize and use as much as we feel like we need to in order for it to be a piece of the puzzle of mm. us recruiting successful players. And so, yeah. you know, to me, it's it's not the end all be all. Of course, it's a resource, right? And um, you know, look, man, I, I also think if you if you've done this long enough and you've you've been around the game, um, in some ways, uh, I would compare it to like. Uh, maybe like referees in, in football with, with replay, man. It's like, it's like, I don't need, a, I don't necessarily need track man to look up and be like, man, that guy's got a lively fastball. <laughs> right. Yeah. I mean, like, like it's interesting, yeah, yeah. right. How much those things are like kind of a line, right. You, you, you know, yeah. and I feel like we've become dependent on, Hey man, what's his, you know, what, 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 what is, what is that? You know what I mean? It's like, mm. man, if you just sit there and watch the game and you can see that the guy's got life on his fastball, we term it different now. Right now it's spin rate instead of, Hey man, the guy's, the guy's got a, a, got life to his fastball. Right. You know what I mean? And it's, I think back to all the players that I've coached that man never, ever got their spin rate. And I know for a fact, man, that guy had high spin right now. You know what I mean? Like now it's, mm-hmm. it's just those things. So, you know, so it's there, man, but you know, at, at the end of the day, um, you know, it, it doesn't take a rocket science to look up and be like, Hey man, that guy's throwing a 78, 79 mile an hour breaking ball as a 17 year old man. And it's really, really good, man. It's got really good depth. And it's going to be out pitch, right. You know, you put on track, sure. man, yeah, man, it's the high spin, you know, it's got really good spin to it. So, you know, so yeah. all, all those things, man, I think they're pieces of the puzzle. I just think in recruiting, it's nice because it's as much as we want to utilize it. When you start using mm-hmm. it for development of your players, yeah. you get a balance of how much can we utilize this to help them become better baseball players without them becoming um really really fixated on it as opposed to getting in the box and competing or getting on the rubber okay and getting dudes out so that's a yeah. fine line man that every coach has got to figure out and sometimes that's different player to player within your program it's probably going to be so mm. you know what you give one guy you may not give another and now they want to know well aren't you giving me you know what you get you know so it's it's that fine line and it's made it you know just another area that as a coach it can really help us but it's also something that we have to navigate a little bit, I think, in terms of making players the, you know, the best players they can be. Yeah. Can you talk about how you navigate it um, between like the fall, the winter, and then also the season? Because I've heard it's 
kind of different for everybody. Yeah, for sure. You know, I, I think in every, every program is going to be going to be different a little bit. And, and uh, coach Knight does a really good job with our pitchers over here, you know, but he'll give them, man, he'll give them, he'll give them their stuff. You know, he's still giving them their, 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 all the, all their information, man, as he's breaking down their outings and he's giving them all that stuff. And so, um, hmm. you know, I, I think, it, it, it more is about kind of how much you give them, you know what I mean? And how much, you know, because players today, man, they want it, you know what I mean? They, they want to, mm-hmm. I mean, they want to know it, right. I mean, they're getting on social media and they're seeing something about, right. That's, that's the challenge is, you know, guys are getting on social media and you could pretty much figure out exactly what, you know, what, you know, what's going on with uh, pitchers in the big leagues, right. I mean, you can figure out all, all, all their, all their data. So, you know, mm. and you can figure out drills, man, that if, you know, your, 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 your pitching coach is telling you doing this, well, you can do the X, Y, and Z, this drill, right? And so it becomes, they have access to so much information, trying to get them to just take a step back and be like, hey, man, like, I know that's not necessarily wrong. I'm not saying it's wrong, but it's at the end of the day, we got to get to where you as a player believe in what we're doing. We're on the same page and this is the information mm. I'm going to give to you. We're all in it together, man. And when it doesn't go well, we can't adjust off of it dramatically, right? There's got to be small adjustments. And mm-hmm. same with hitters, man. You you can change your swing and do all these different things, man. But if it's a game of repetition and when you're getting in the box and you're yeah. trying to hit guys, you know, that are 89 to 97, man, and, and their balls are moving and and in college baseball play pitcher, it's just such it's so so talented now. That if you aren't in the box, if you're thinking about your swing or you've adjusted your mechanics over and over in the last two months or whatever it is, man, you are not going to be successful. So mm-hmm. you get in that box, it better be compete mode and you're more situational hitting and, you know, trying to figure out what the coach is trying to do here and how you're going to, you know, how you're going to handle what this guy is doing with his stuff. You know, am I, mm-hmm. am I looking for something down in the zone? Am I seeing the baseball up, right? You know, so am I, am I working more backside, middle of the field? What, what am I doing, you know, as opposed to swing mechanics? So, you know, same on the mound, man. If you're thinking about what you're doing mechanics-wise and instead of getting up there competing, man, and, and uh, pounding the strike zone, holding runners, right, all all those basic things. But, you know, coaches still giving them their stuff. We'll have track man up on the board, man, when we're taking BP, you know what I mean, for the hitters so they can see exit velocities and, you know, what we're doing. We do probably a little bit more of the data on the – uh, on, on the pitching side versus the, the positional player side. Mm. Um, but even still, it's not a ton of information. I would say it's a little bit more basic on the pitching side and, uh, you know, coach, in all honesty, once we get into the spring, I yeah. kind of a little bit with coach on the pitching side, I don't think he's giving them a ton of stuff. I think he's more at that point, you know, they're going to break down their outings a little bit, maybe how we should have pitched this guy differently or, you know, what we were doing on the mound, you know, obviously if there's something mechanically that's going to align with some data that he's seeing, you know, sure, yeah. kind of show, show them, you know, what we want to do in terms of adjustments and why it will help, why it will help them. Um, mm. But I think it's at that point, a little bit more about him taking the information, util- utilizing as he needs to guide, you know, player to player. Yeah. Can you talk about like uh, during the season too, like, game planning for a, a, a pitcher or for a certain offense like and how much you guys like to use the technology on that side of it yeah for sure so um yeah so so we'll use it you know as we get into so let's say we're facing you know a, a starting arm on friday night i mean we'll, 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 if, if we can get access to that information or we've had it you, you know from games previously um mm-hmm. we'll, we'll, we'll really try to set up 
you know, our, our work, right. Especially off of machines, you know what I mean? We'll try to set it up and align it as best we can, man. If this guy's got a high spin fastball, man, we're going to put, you know, yeah. put the, the machines on the ground or, or create that with our spin ball machine to try to try to, uh, you know, give that, that type of look as, as to replicate it best we can. Um, so we're using it for that, you know, and we'll talk about it a lot in terms of, Hey man, this, this is what he does, man. This is going to be our approach to, 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 to him tonight. And we'll do that in our hitters meetings pregame to kind of go over the starting arm and, mm-hmm. you know, is try to get them as much video as we can on, on uh, who we're going to see. So just trying to get them those images and, and put together a good, good, good game plan for those guys. But yeah, if we have access to it, which now you have a lot more access certainly than you ever had before. So, oh yeah. Uh, so it is nice in that in that way to be able to take that information and and uh, just kind of pass it on to the guys. And again, though, we keep it pretty simple. You know, we, we keep it pretty simple in terms of the approach that we want them to accomplish. Because again, you get in that box, man. Yeah, it's a high spin fastball, man, and it's coming at yeah. you ninety four, man. I don't, you know, I mean, you're trying to keep this this thing as simple as you know, and and getting them to play with instinct and and just again be be who they are and get in there and compete in the box versus you know mm-hmm. trying to trying to figure uh figure out too much information mm-hmm. um now i want to ask about the current team current just about where you guys are at not only now but what you guys are going to be doing like to prepare for the season uh for these next few weeks because frankly i mean season starts in what we got like 18 days 19 days i mean yeah i think my it's son told coming me 19, up 19 yesterday so whatever that yeah. is so 1918 something like that for sure yeah. Can you just talk about like what these next 18 days, 19 days are going to be like? Yeah. I mean, we're really, uh, really right now we've gotten our guys um, to where their, their bodies are in pretty good, pretty good shape. Right. So you get back in, in our guys, we get back early, which is, which is nice. We start school, I think it was January 9th this year. And so we're mm-hmm. back to it and, and the guys do a great job over the break of uh, again, that kind of comes down to you. I think your team culture and, you know, what, what you've been doing in the program, but they, uh, they got back and, and you really want to take kind of that first two weeks or so and just, just make sure their bodies are back. Right. You know, their, their feet mm-hmm. underneath them. And, you know, we, again, we played our first inner squad, I think it was January 27th. Um, mm-hmm. you know, so you're, you're taking that first, I guess, two, two and a half weeks and just getting their bodies ready to go. And, um, but really we'll, we'll, we'll now we, we implement just about everything in the fall. So we'll start to refine some of those things in the middle of the week here with our bunties, our picks, our PFPs and all those, all those good things. And then on the weekends, we're really trying to get as close to a weekend series as we can. So mm. Friday, Fridays, we're going to go. We'll go uh, in and out, uh, BP, and then we'll play this past weekend. We played anywhere from five to six innings, depending on the the pitching that we had available to us. And um, yeah. Saturday we'll show up. We'll go a little bit lighter. We'll just go BP scrimmage, and then uh, and then and then Sunday we did the exact same thing. Went back to our, our full in and outs, BP, and 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 play. So we played about five six innings each time out this weekend. Um, day off today. We'll get back to it tomorrow and, um, you know, we'll get in Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, we'll, we'll get in. And, and that's really, again, in the fall, those are days, our days are more, um, you know, I- you know, implementing all of our, all of our philosophies offensively and defensively. Now it becomes about refining those, right? So mm. we'll kind of spend these next three days refining those. We may end up getting into a little bit of midweek pitching that to, in between weekend two and three um, to kind of simulate a midweek game. Um, mm-hmm. if, if the pitching has kind of a lot, you know, the pitch counts are up to where we have enough guys on staff to be able to do that. But again, we'll go back Friday, Saturday, Sunday, weekend two will be, you know, somewhere in the vicinity of six, seven innings, probably per, per, uh, per game, um, maybe get up to eight, depending on the day. And then by that third weekend, you're up to close to eight, nine innings, 
you know, for your three game set. So your bodies are getting used to the wear and tear of playing a Friday, Saturday, Sunday series and your mm -hmm. pitch counts are up and, you know, hopefully those starting arms are, are up to about, you know, anywhere from 75, 80, 85 pitches, you know, for that first weekend series against, uh, we got George Washington here. Should be mm -hmm. a great series here to open up this, uh, this season. So that's how we go about it. You know, we're refining things and, and uh, you know, putting kind of the finishing touches on it, but, you know, we're, something in this program, we're always, always competing, man. You know, we got some open spots still really this, this year that are still up for grabs a little bit. So the you know, guys are out there, man, they're getting after they're competing, but it's really about getting them the live innings, right. Getting the pitch mm -hmm. counts up, getting the live ABs and trying to simulate that even non game days, you know, just coach pitch, right. As much gameplay action, speed of the game as we can get, you know, especially for those infielders and outfielders and catchers, um, just to get them, you know, feeling comfortable for February the 17th. Yeah. What's, this might be a tough question. What might, what's the most important thing you can communicate to your players to help them prepare for this season, for the adversities of the season coming up? Yeah, I, I think, right. I think you're, um, you know, when you get into opening day, it's the first time, right. That, uh, half your roster, right. Half your position player roster is not on the field. Right. So mm -hmm. then, you know, you've been in inner squad and, and we do have that in the fall a little bit, which has been nice because it starts the ball rolling a little bit of of, uh, you know, and how you decide to manage those fall scrimmages, you know, can can really give them a pretty good idea of, of kind of where things stand since we play ours at the end of the fall. But really, that's the adversity, right, of, of, of all of a sudden now half the team isn't playing and, you know, every pitcher is not getting his innings. And again, we go back to mm. right in you know, their summers and falls, you know, it's, they've always gotten their innings, man. So, so at the end of the day, now they're not getting innings. It's, it's, um, and, and just trying to, you know, um, now the games matter. How do we handle umpires, right? The adversity, right. That, that, that comes with bad calls and different things. And, um, you know, so just trying to get them prepared for those things, because that's really all that's left that hasn't happened yet. Right. Mm -hmm. So, I mean, you know, yeah. everything else we, we've done, we've done fall scrimmages, drills, practice, you know, all these different things. Um, but now it's real. Now it matters. And and uh, trust, right, getting them to trust their work, right, getting them mm -hmm. to just, again, be themselves. Um, you've put in the effort. You don't need to now go out and do something different because it's a different Right. It's a different team, a different uniform or because, you know, there's going to mm. be a win loss record or stats that get posted online or, you know, mm. um, you know, now it matters. And mom, dad, girlfriend, everybody's in the stands and there's uh, four to six thousand other people in the community that you're going to have to go out in front of if you strike out three times, like trying to get them just to be themselves and understand, hey, man, you put in the work. This is the fun part, man. Just go play, man. Go get after it. And we're going to face adversity. And um, you, you, you may not start, but you got to be ready to go. And, and uh, coach does a great job of, you know, use, utilizing. I mean, we use the bench more than it. We got to use the bench more than any program in the country. Sometimes I'm down to <laughs> first base box and I'm like, dude, who's going to play left field at the end of this thing? Yeah. And, you know, we, we, you know, we bought it. Yeah. Yeah. I'm like, uh, so we got an infielder who's going to go play left, I think. So, hmm. uh, but just trying to, uh, to get those guys to understand, man, that there's going to be, challenges adversity you're not going to get it's not always going to go your way man but just keep fighting keep keep moving on and and mm -hmm. um you know if you if you do get opportunities man um don't press man trust trust your work trust the practice because you've, you've been getting after it now for whatever it is since august 15th i'm gonna dive into the life of jeff palumbo now all right oh, just a little nice bit. the, bo the boring bit. part <laughs> <laughs> all right well no but We'll tie this to some, to some, you know, exciting parts. At least I hope it'll be exciting for you and for the listeners. 
but I sure. will start. I will start. You you said your first recruiting job. You were twenty three. Did you always know you wanted to be a coach? Um, not necessarily. Uh, my, my okay. father was a coach. He coached coached me growing up. Coached the Division two school, uh, Bowie State University. Um, mm. back in our hometown. I was I was young, probably 10, 11, 12 in that in that area. Um, that age age range, and and just uh, got an opportunity. Maybe a little younger, but got an opportunity to to, to travel with his team all the time and just be mm. around it and. So I guess, you know, coach's son, so to speak. And, um, you know, and, and just always love sports, play basketball, growing up, basketball, baseball, soccer, all those good things. And um, out of three brothers, all played division one baseball. So mm. we're just a, a sports family. And, um, yeah. you know, in all honesty, I wasn't sure what I was going to do. Got done playing pro ball and uh, my degree was in criminal justice and had had plan, plans to kind of go into, um, you know, one of the federal agencies was kind of the goal. Uh, did a mm. did an internship with the the Secret Service, the Washington Field Office of the Secret Service, for my last twelve credits in college, and so really cool experience. And that was kind of the thought process. But I needed to go back in order to do that. Go back to grad school or or uh, get some sort of experience in, the, in in another you know area before being able to you know be uh, get into one of the federal agencies. And so got done playing mm. pro ball. Wasn't sure what I wanted to do. Um, did a little bit of substitute teaching. Coached some high school baseball my first spring back. And um, I was working a summer camp and uh, got uh, got asked by uh, actually Coach Stifler, now the head coach at, at Notre Dame. He was the assistant at George Mason and um, the, the other assistant at the time um, decided he you know, couldn't, couldn't do it anymore. At the time, was, people probably don't even remember, but it was a part time gig, to be honest with you, the, 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 the assistant coaching spot there and. Wow. So uh, he asked, "Hey, man, do you, what do you, you think? You know, you know anybody or who, who you think might be interested in, in uh, this coaching opportunity?" And I was like, "I'll take it." <laughs> so, <laughs> yeah. So, uh, so I was the the uh, at that age, I was you know first year again. I think twenty two, twenty three, and um, you know, and got to run the run the hitters, man, at George Mason and Coach Brown at the, at uh, the head coach at the time. Just I played for him, right? So there's a comfort level there. He knew knows who I am as a person and. Um, you know, we'd had some, some, uh, by the time I got done a really good, really good team there. And, and, um, I wasn't that far removed, right. Just one season removed and, um, you know, and, and, uh, so thankfully he gave me an opportunity, got to run the offense and the following year, coach Stifler, uh, took a, an assistant job at Virginia Commonwealth university and, mm-hmm. and, uh, you know, coach Brown, I think reluctantly gave me, uh, you know, at first, you know, I kind of think I talked him into giving me the recruiting coordinator title, um, you know, mm. so, but, uh, but fortunate, you know, and, and he knew probably I wasn't prepared, but at the same time, that's just kind of the person he was is, is I think he felt like, you know, it was a great opportunity and he could help, help me and, and guide me in that process. And, um, you know, it went, uh, wasn't without some bumps, but we, we, uh, we it was a really, Awesome experience for me, and uh, fortunately for everybody involved, it went well. We we had some, uh, you know, yeah. built it up, and and, uh, and and things went pretty well. And I got an opportunity to go down with Coach Godwin down to uh, to UCF a couple of years later to be the assistant there under under uh, the head coach, Coach uh, Terry Rooney, when he took over down at UCF. So, mm. um, so yeah, so I was I was young and inexperienced, and um, you know, fortunately, I worked for a boss in, in Coach Coach Brown that um, just very patient you know, very patient and, um, you know, just put a lot of, um, just gave us, gave us a lot of rope, man. You know, I mean, we failed, we tried, we failed, we learned, we got better, improved and, um, was there to kind of guide, 
got us all along the way and uh, she did a long time. And I think he, he head coach for 41 years there at George Mason. So had a little bit of some stability there to be able to maybe give me that opportunity, which was, uh, I was fortunate, but, um, but yeah, really, really thankful for that. If you could go back in time and tell uh, the young and inexperienced Jeff Palumbo something, you know, a, a, just some advice, you know, now that, you know, uh, what, what would it be? You know, probably, um, probably, uh, just invest more into the relationships, you, you know, with mm. it, when you're young and you're going through it, uh, pretty, pretty competitive and not to say I had, had, uh, I don't think, I don't think my players would say when I was young that we had bad relationships. I don't think that at all. Um, mm. but just, you know, you kind of get caught up um trying to win and, and trying to go about it as 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 much as you can in that manner and, and sometimes you get caught up thinking about maybe the next opportunity right um mm. you know and, and what i would say is just immerse yourself in what you're doing you know immerse yourself mm. in where you're at what you're doing the program you're working with the players you're playing with the the, the staff that you're around um just try and do as well as you can, man, and work as hard as you possibly can at it. And the rest of it mm. will take care of itself. Um, you know, and so that would be probably, um, you know, what I would get the advice I would give to, to myself looking back when I was pretty, pretty young doing it, um, is, uh, you know, and, and the other piece of it from a developmental standpoint would be, I was 23. I, I did not know, I did not know what, my uh i didn't I, I wasn't experienced enough to know what i i really thought myself right it took me some time mm. to kind of get established with through trial and error man and 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 unfortunately through trial with some of those players you know and, and looking yeah. back i feel you know I, I wish i could go back and give those some of those players the information that i give my players now just because i've been able to refine that and i think as mm. a young coach i thought about giving them a ton of information and giving them the right thing and saying the right thing that was going to make it click for them. When in reality, it was just having some dialogue with them about how they're feeling, what they're feeling and giving them a very, very simple foundation mm. and just working at that every day, right. As opposed to do this, try this, let's do this, let's try this. Let's, well, he does this, let's do it. As opposed to, I know exactly what it's going to take for him to be successful. It may not be tomorrow, but in three months, if he does this every single day, he's going to be a better player. And hmm. I just wasn't refined enough in my own teaching um, to be able to uh, to really do that with players that I coached at a younger age. So that's hard. I think that's the biggest challenge of being a young coach is you don't have the experience, right? And so just yeah. trying to trying to be simple and do it every day versus utilizing all the data and all these different things, right. That somebody's using somewhere that sounds great. Or I saw it on a, um, I saw it at a convention that, Hey man, they do it in their program. Well, Hey man, take a deeper dive. Not that that information is bad, but how's that program doing? How's that team doing? Do they win a lot? Right. Are players mm. developing? Right. So really, you know, getting to what you feel like you can implement on a day-to-day -day basis that really going to be something that they can lack on to um mm. and really um just ref really take the time to refine and get really really good at it right if you do something if you do uh, you know a hundred things three times three four times 
I'm not really sure you're going to be good at anything, right? So what do you value? What do you believe in? What can you implement daily in your practice or in your routine um, and stick to that? Because the guys that I've coached that ended up being great players, they know their routine in, inside and out. It's usually not super complicated. It's usually pretty simple stuff that makes them successful. So certainly yeah. they're talented, but at the end of the day, it's simple stuff, man, that they just repeat and repeat and repeat yep. and repeat. And again, it's a game of repetition. If you can do it as, you know, as an instinct versus having to think about it, man, you got a leg up and an advantage on your opponent. Mm. You've, you bring up so many like little quotes in my head where I'm like, yep, yep, yep. Definitely. <laughs> like ones that I know I'm going to use in the season too, to kind of like get me back to center ground. I love it though. Yeah. Um, yeah. We'll, we'll touch on, you know, ECU as a school, um, I want to ask just what's your favorite um, component of ECU or what, or like what's your favorite thing about being a coach at ECU, the school? Yeah. The people, man, the passion, the, the passion of the people, the fans, mm. um, you know, like, like I said, we had 26 different media outlets here for, for media day and, and our SID told us that that's more than they had for football. Right. And yeah. so, you know, you just look up, man, it's just, it's, there's only so many places in the country where baseball, it is a baseball first school. And, and I don't, I don't say that meaning uh, basketball or football, like, Hey man, they have great fan support. And, and there's going to be, if, if we're rolling in football, man, there's 40, 45, 50,000 people, you know, in, in the stands. But the reality is that if you ask this fan base, like what is their passion and what can we win a championship in, you know, they're going to tell you baseball. And um, you know, it's, it's, when you step foot here and, and fortunately we were enough to host our first super um, with Texas here in town. And, and it's just, it's an electric place, man. Like it's, it's, mm. you got fans all the way around the jungle, all the way around. It's just unique. And um, there's a handful of places that have more fans, but um, the way our stadium is set up and, and, and the passion of the fans and, you get out there, man, on a on a BP on a, a six thirty game night, man, at three thirty four o'clock, man, and they're they're tailgating out in the jungle, out in left field, and the cannons are firing off, and and they're they're coming into the ballpark, man. It's it's pretty uh pretty special. So it's mm. just a baseball community, man, from little league on up. They are extremely passionate about it, and when you put in what we put in. Um, in terms of the hours and the work and it's it's not a job man it's a lifestyle and mm. when you have people that invest back into it um, when you're pouring that much into what you're doing um, it's just really really cool and it's just a really cool experience for our players man I had a I'll tell a quick story we played mm. played a team in a regional um, I played I guess it was 21 and uh, we're playing a regional and, and uh, I knew this player and I knew his family, but he's on the opposing team. So he's playing first base. So we had a, had a, had a pretty good uh, dialogue going throughout the game. And, and mm. um, they had won a game an elimination game to get back. And it was our first time playing us in the regional. We were in the winner's bracket and, and uh, so they had to beat us twice as a regional championship game. And, and uh, it was a, you know, we had a little rain delay. So it's kind of a late, later start, but there's, 6,000 people in the stands and it's the bottom of the first and we get an RBI single and he's the first baseman. So he goes into be the cutoff man and he's, he's coming back over and we end up scoring the run and he's, you know, he's walking back over and, and there's 6,000 fans, man. And it's electric, man. It's a beautiful night. The place is rocking. They're expecting mm. us to win a regional that night. And, and uh, man, he just looks at me, goes coach, big smile on his face. 
this is incredible. <laughs> and, you know, and like, he's the opponent, man. They just gave up a yeah. run. We're up one to nothing. And, and, uh, but it just, it makes you, there's been so many times where I just like look around or something like that is said to me by an opponent. And you just, you know, I've been around now eight years and, and we've been able to host some really special things here, but to hear an opponent look up and just be like, man, this is unreal coach. Like mm. it just, it, you know, for him, it was kind of a once in a college, right. Once in a college career um, mm -hmm. type setting. And we get a chance to do it, you know, fairly often here. And thankfully we've been able to do it four straight years and, and with a super here this past year. So um, mm. to me, what makes East Carolina special is the people and our fan base. And um, there's a lot of special things, but I think that's the number one thing that makes this place different. Mm. All right, let's talk about the program now. Maybe your favorite thing about ECU baseball that most people wouldn't know about. Oh, that's a that's a that's a good one, man. Um, hmm. About ECU baseball, um, you know, like I said, I think that 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 the the, the people itself, but really, you know, I would say, you know, just just the uh, the commitment level to what we're doing. You know, and, and I don't hmm. I don't know a lot of people really understand that East Carolina baseball, uh, we're, we're starting still still all run into some situations right where we'll be recruiting and, and um, you know, maybe maybe I'm on maybe I'm on this side of it. I'm not doing a good enough jo job of of, uh, of detailing really how successful we've been. But, uh, you know, there's still some players that uh, are just kind of. Um, maybe don't know as much about East Carolina baseball as I think that they should for how successful we've been. Hmm. Um, and so what I think people don't really necessarily understand is just how committed the administration, um, you know, is to us, us winning at the highest level wing and national championship. And, um, you know, we'll, we'll, we'll charter, you know, all four trips that we'll take in conferences this year, we'll charter our flights back and, you know, we'll get a chance to get, get on a plane, man. We'll play right Tulane. We'll be there in new Orleans, man. We're going to hop on the bus. We're going to drive to the private airport, man. We're going to get on the airplane and you know, we're going to, we're going to charter back here to Greenville, North Carolina on our own plane. And we'll get out of the plane at, you know, nine o'clock here, Eastern time. And we're in bed by 10 o'clock. And, you know, as opposed to, um, you know, getting on a, a commercial plane, flying new Orleans to Atlanta, Atlanta to Raleigh, right? Getting on a bus, driving back to Greenville, right? An hour and a half. And all of a sudden you're back here at two, two, two in the morning, two, two thirty in the morning. And mm. now you gotta get back up and you gotta go to class at eight o'clock, right? So what yeah. that does to your midweek game, right? What that does to your body is doing that over and over and over throughout the season. Um, you know, it just I, I think a lot of people don't understand quite how much, how committed um, you know, our administration is to us being successful, which in turn, right, helps, right? It helps in all areas and especially when you're you're making that trip. So a lot of that is is a credit to Coach Godwin and what we've been able to build and grow it. Um, but I think something about East Carolina people may not know is um just how how well supported we are in terms of facilities. Um, we got big plans for uh that we're we're working on here to to uh to expand the stadium even further. But the reality is we have you know, when you get down to the nuts and bolts, we have everything we need here to win a national championship. And mm. um, you add in that type of travel and just doing those, those, uh, I say small, they're not small. They're, there may be things that people just don't know about that uh, go into our, our, uh, our program. Yeah, absolutely. Um, well, any ECU fan would know about this. I only have two questions left, by the way, but I have to ask about this one because it just came into my mind for some reason uh, as like a little memory of when we played you guys, you had this cone in the dugout 
what's this cone about again? I've been thinking about this, I guess, now for the last two years because yeah, man, I, I remember you know, seeing again, that cone and, I, and I'm like, what's that cone about? Can you tell me yeah, what that and, thing and, is all about? Not, not really. Uh, yeah, yeah, I can't, I can't, I can't, like, but it was really not like a great, a great story behind it. And I think it was Tyler okay. Smith at the time, um, one of our pitchers, but yeah, man, they, they just, and, and I think it's, it's really what you want as a coach, right? It's like these, these hmm. things, man, these guys latch on to, and they just, they just have a good time, man. And that's what you want, right? You, you want to see it. Hmm. And sometimes as the assistant, man, I'm like, in all honesty, man, I don't really want to know. And so, uh, so, you know, but, but it's, but it's, you know, it started out, man. And, and uh, I don't know where they found it, but you know, all of a sudden that uh, we started hitting some home runs and it just became the thing they did. And I think at one point, man, it cut somebody's nose. So then they opened, they cut, cut, a, a, oh, a, cut, cut an opening in the face. So, right. You weren't, weren't injuring anybody, but it just became their celebration. And we've had a couple of them, you know, over time, but it just became kind of their thing that year that they latched onto. And you know, we traveled with it and, and uh, the guys brought it along. So unfortunately the NCAA this year, they banned uh, props. So, Oh, wow. Yeah. So, so that's, uh, that's, a, that's a new thing. So um, the NCAA has banned, banned props on the field. Um, oh, wow. So you can no longer have the cone or anything of that nature, right? You've seen, all types of different things, man. The sledgehammers, I think it was Virginia Techs mm. and, and uh, you know, so some different things along the way. But um, so they've banned that. So the cone, the cone will no longer be, but I'm sure the guys will come up with some sort of uh, celebration, whether it be in the dugout or somewhere else, because they tend to be, be pretty, pretty creative. But now that was just something one of our guys grabbed mm. and uh, I, I, we probably hit a couple home runs that day. And he just decided, all right, cool. Well, we're not, we're not changing. You know, you know, how it is man with baseball yeah. players, the, the uh, superstition sets in and, and uh, mm-hmm. probably didn't want to change it a lot. And it took off from there, but uh, yeah, we got shirts, man, a shirt by, around town. Everybody's got, you know, cone shirts and uh, they, oh. they run with it, man. So like I said, it's a, it's quite a, quite a fan base. That's awesome. Oh my gosh. Yeah. That's so weird though. I didn't know that they were taking away the the uh, props. Yeah, now, you said it's just big. on the field, though, right? Can you have it in the dugout or no? So, so I think in the dugout will be good. I got to clarify it. Actually, as I'm talking, I, I think the dugout's cool, but I got I got to actually uh, clarify that. I don't I don't know. I don't it's, think they can. I don't think you take take things out of your dugout, but we'll we'll we'll, yeah. we'll see. It is it is the NCAA, so we'll we'll find out. I guess. Yeah, seriously. Um, hope I hope you guys can because I think that's an awesome. Pro- piece of baseball but yeah no anyway no, especially college baseball right it kind of separates yeah. college from from the big leagues but those guys have gotten pretty they do a lot of their stuff in the dugout but you can see man even the big leaguers are getting pretty creative creative with uh having a good time with it and and to yeah. me man it's just there's certain things that uh as a baseball uh you know purist traditionalist like you we want but man you want the guys to enjoy it man you want them to have a good time and and mm. uh cel- celebrate like that man it's it's part of it for sure whatever helps the team win right yeah no doubt man. but you, you know you want them to enjoy it man you want them to enjoy it and, and yeah. have a good time with it so uh so yeah so we got we, we we'll see we'll see i'm sure like i said though within the framework of what they're allowed i'm sure we'll come up with something this year all right good yeah i'll, I'll definitely be paying attention for sure because i know you guys are one of the programs where it's like for sure gotta keep an eye yeah, yeah they got um, something yeah no doubt absolutely i got all right one one question left and this is a good one because you're a recruiting coordinator so i want to ask um if you have a most memorable recruiting visit or recruiting trip that you went on. So 
it could be it could be like really you know big success story it can be just a train wreck it could be funny just something small that happened it could be yeah with the recruit on a trip anything really but i know these stories these recruiting trail stories and you might not be able to tell them all but i know you guys just as recruiting coordinators go through a lot you can do a lot of traveling you handle so many players yeah and there's just so many different interactions that go on so yeah i expect you have something man um well i i would say um probably probably my most eventful um Mm. probably most i don't even know if we got a player out of the out of out of the trip but it's my first year here at East Carolina. I I, I was gone mm. a lot, so so got here and um, I, I ended up doing doing a lot of different traveling. And, and coach coach was kind of like, hey man, just go. You know, like I said, he was running the offense. He's hey man, just go, just go and go recruit. So that that year, and again, we were still our first year, our first fall, and um, you know, you're just kind of like, all right, man, let's just go recruit as much as we can and find as many talented players as we can. So. Took a trip, and I remember I, I started down in Florida, uh, watched some Juco ball in Florida, rented a car, um, made my way up, watched a little bit of high school events in uh, in, in Atlanta. This is over. Mm-hmm. This is all over about a seven, eight, nine-day stretch. Watched uh, some spring break tournaments in um, over there at Lake Point in, uh, in Georgia mm-hmm. and uh, doing some Juco stuff. Stopped in. And all along the way, man, it's raining and you're just trying to figure out where to go find games and um, went over and saw uh, I was over at Chattahoochee Valley uh, watching, mm. you know, watching some community, some 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 junior college baseball. We ended up did get an infielder, um, you know, from that workout that I did see that we ended up taking. And but our team was playing in Elon. And, mm. um, you know, so I, uh, I, I thought, you know what, I'm going to meet the team in Elon to watch the Saturday game. We had one Friday. And uh, I'm going to go watch the Saturday game, just, you know, breaking the action, going to catch up with the team in North Carolina before I shoot over to Tennessee to watch a doubleheader on Sunday. Um, Mm. Some junior college baseball. So I go up, I go to the game against Elon. We had one Friday and I get there just before the game on Saturday. And I'm literally just there for that game. I'm in Elon and a kid hits a ball. One of, one of our players hits a ball, just smokes a line drive right in the dugout and just drills me right in the arm. And, oh. uh, and, and just, I mean, you know, a hundred mile an hour off the bat and just drilled me right in the arm. And I'm like, I should have just stayed on the road, man. Should have just stayed on the road. <laughs> so get, I get, uh, you know, so I get crushed and get, we get back to the hotel. We went again, which was awesome and ended up sweeping that weekend, but I got up. Bright and early, uh, probably you know whatever three four a.m. that morning. Got to be in Tennessee um, for a doubleheader uh, to go watch some junior college baseball. So I'm driving that morning, and it's early, man, and haven't slept a whole lot that week. And I'm yeah. driving, and uh, I'm getting up, and I get up over the hill, and I see some cars pulled over the side of the road. And so, of course, your first instinct is you know, a uh, police officer, right. You know what I mean? Like better slow down. And I'm kind of half awake and just trying to stay up as the sun's coming up. And, and uh, I, I pull off and there's a bad accident, man, on the side of the road. And there's a girl, right. And she is, um, she's just kind of sitting on top of the car and she does not look good. And, um, you know, she's uh, just out of sorts. And so I pull over and it's really early. There's not many cars on the road. So really early. Hmm. And, walk across the street with another uh you know just car that I pulled over and so we get up to the to the young young lady she's just sitting on top of this car and this car is not this car has been in a in a bad accident and she doesn't look great 
And so we ask her, is she okay? And, and, and she says, yes, but she starts kind of alluding, she's out of sorts, but she starts alluding to, hey, there's somebody else in the car. And so uh, oh, there, there's nobody in the car. And so we're looking, right? So me and some other passengers are, are, are uh, there are some people that pulled over looking for other passengers. And and uh, this was more of a scary trip, probably not what you wanted to hear, but um, so we're I'm intrigued. Other, other people. Yeah. So, but, you know, but I remember that morning, you know, like I'm, you know, bending down looking under this car and, and just, just a really, really uh, un- uncomfortable and, and tough situation. So finally the, the, the police show up and we put the young lady in the back of the car, lay her down. And, and uh, I think she, she, she's okay. And ambulance comes. And so, you know, felt like I, we, we had done as much as we could as, as uh, so I get in the car, drive, and I go watch, uh, get to the junior college and, and go watch a couple pitchers pitch. And, um, and, and I think every coach has this story probably ended up watching a pitcher. I didn't like that day. And it turned out he ended up being pretty darn good. And I should have, we should have offered him, but we, we didn't, um, left-handed pitcher. And, and, uh, he ended up going to another school and having a nice, nice, uh, doing a nice job. But, um, mm. but so I get back in the car and I'm like, I'm going home, finally going home. It's been seven, eight days. I haven't been back to North Carolina and I'm driving and I'm driving and got about six, five, six hours in the car and I'm driving and man, I get up over this hill and get up over this hill and there is, and there's more traffic now because it's kind of later in the later close to evening time. And uh-huh. there is an SUV and it is flipped upside down, spinning in the middle of the road. <laughs> oh my gosh. And, and I pull up and I'm one of like the first two cars to it. And I'm like, I mean, and it was, I mean, I'm telling you, man, I was that my heart was racing as, as oh. much as I could. And in and, and that particular situation, thankfully, um, you know, the police officer showed up pretty, pretty quickly, man, and, and, uh, able to get everybody kind of out of the car and, um, you know, the paramedics, you know, showed up and, and, uh, again, just kind of like, just, just, a you know, again, unfortunate situation. And I'm like, man, I've, I was, I don't even know how old I was that time, man, but I have, I was 10 and 10 and two, man, the whole way <laughs> driving the rest of the trip. And, and, uh, yeah, so yeah. it was a, uh, an eventful recruiting trip. And I was like, man, between, uh, you know, accidents and getting hit with foul balls and just, uh, you know, thankfully the team won and we ended up getting a, a, a player out of the six, seven, eight day trip. I don't even remember what it was, but I'll never forget that man. One more on the way out, on the way back, just bad accidents and holy um, I can get, get home and get off the road for a little bit. So, but that was probably my craziest recruiting trip. Plenty of red eyes, man, to California and back and just oh, getting yeah. back for games and all those things. But I think as college baseball coaches, you always, uh, man, you always have those. And and uh, you're always just kind of the nature of it, man. You get used to it. When, you, when you're young and you're first doing it, you're like, ah, this is a trip. Now I'm just like. Uh, whatever. This is when the games are, and you gotta, gotta, gotta do, gotta do what you gotta do, and and um, you know, but uh, but all all part of it. So everybody's got crazy stories, but that's probably my craziest one. While while I was here at East Carolina, I was back in yeah two thousand fall of two thousand and fourteen. That would have been. I mean, yeah. Excuse me, spring fifteenth. Smokes. Oh yeah. my gosh, I can't even like I couldn't imagine processing the second car too just saying like (laughs) wait am i in a dream i mean uh, yeah that's what it felt like yeah the first the first one was kind of settled the second one was like man like coming to an end of a of a just a spin on the top of it on its top of it yeah it looked like a movie to be quite honest with you so um, wow but uh thank thankfully i think everybody ended up being 
being being being good so like uh oh my you know gosh kind of kind of try to help help them out as best you can and get them to the people that can really take care of them so but uh but yeah so cra- crazy 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 trip for sure you earned some days off you definitely earned some days off <laughs> yeah. that one, right? yeah i don't know if we got that but uh but but we did uh, make it home safely thankfully yeah oh my gosh all right well <laughs> jeff i know we we probably went over the time i hope that's not too much of a burden but that's everything i have um you know, it's, it's been a pleasure having you on. Um, and I, I don't really have much more to say other than thank you for coming on. Yeah, but... absolutely. I appreciate you have, I appreciate you having me on and, uh, yeah. hopefully, uh, maybe some of the, some of the information will help, help out. Yeah, exactly. Again, this is for, you know, you guys to use too. It's for the listeners to obviously get a better understanding of what you guys are all about. Um, is there any like last words you'd like to give just to the listeners? Um, could be players that are interested in ECU or like you said, maybe they don't know about ECU and, uh, they want to they want to know even more yeah i mean absolutely like 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 i said i think no matter what schools you're interested in um really dive in you know and i i tell Mm. i tell families and players all the time it's not it's not about being committed to a school or university it's about when you arrive there on the first day when you move into the dorm or the apartment and Mm. you're getting ready to go to your first meeting or your first class or your first session in the weight room um you know is is that gonna are you gonna be able to be successful and that's really Mm -hmm. what it's about and i feel like in recruiting this day and age man it's about you know what you know what can you do for me and um you know what but really it boils down to when you step foot there man if you're around coaches that you want to be around and players that are similar to you in nature in terms of what you value it's going to be a tremendous experience if you're going because you think you're going to get on the field the fastest or um, an NIL deal or, you know, something along that, you know, chances are, man, it might go well, but, you know, the the, the percentages show that it's not probably going to be as good as you want it to go. So just make mm-hmm. sure you get to know the people um, and make sure that uh, that school has the things that you really, really uh, want to be a part of and, and uh, want to be around those people. And if you do it, it's going to be a really awesome experience. So we got a lot of great things here at East Carolina. And like I said, we have everything we need here. Tremendous university, really neat town. Um, everything revolves around sports. And uh, it is one of those schools where baseball, it's a baseball first school. And uh, mm. that is unique. And uh, it's an extremely passionate fan base. Um, that said, um, no matter what school you're interested in, dive into it, get to know it, get to know the people, get to know the inside and out. And that way you, can, you and your family can make an educated decision. As a former opponent of East Carolina, I can certainly say it is a passionate fan base. <laughs> I'm sure. Uh, I'm, I'm, I'm sure as a conference foe, a, uh, yeah. especially Tulane, because you guys are are uh, a great program in your own right. Uh, they tend to turn, oh. turn it up a little bit for the, uh, for, for, for the, uh, for the, for the talented opponents. Yeah. Well, okay. That, that was well said though. We can leave it at that. That was awesome. Um, and I know I'm going to have to watch this episode over again and again, honestly, you, you brought so much good information, good advice, honestly, just for young players. Um, but yeah, I mean, that's, again, that's going to be it for me, you know, and awesome. That that's well, a great I pre- way to I appreciate you having me on Jack. Uh, yeah. yeah, absolutely. Well, I appreciate it and enjoyed it myself. Um, all right. Well, that's going to be it. I'm going to talk to you briefly after we sign off, but yeah, that's going to do it for this episode and um, we will see you next week.